Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Praise God. Good to be with you today. Always exciting to come up here and minister. And I do appreciate the opportunity. Hallelujah. I'm just going to open up in prayer here really quick, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, and we pray, Lord God, that your presence, Lord God, would continue here, Lord God. I pray that you would help me, Lord God, as I minister your word, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for the opportunity to come up here and minister, God. And I pray that you would just be with me in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Praise God. I got a short time, so I'm really just going to jump right into it. Hallelujah. And I, I just love the theme that we're on here, All In. It's just, a, just an awesome theme, probably one of my favorite, favorite themes, uh, sermon series we're in. And I'm going to stick to that series here. Uh, I'm going to talk about going all in. And, um, you know, nothing, uh, an ultimate display of someone who is all in, in my opinion, is someone who will raise their hands and say, I'll lead. I'll take leadership. I believe that's an ultimate display of somebody who is all in. Because we all know what leadership comes with. It comes with, leading comes with, it comes with uh, risk. It comes with responsibility. It comes with accountability. It comes with higher expectations. Let me just say this. Someone who is not all in for God will never intentionally take on leadership. They won't because they're not all in. If you're a disciple in this church, let me say this. If you're a disciple in this church and you're all in, One of your goals should be to lead and leadership. Not remaining in the shadows, not being low-key or holding back, or not really getting up there, but pursuing, but leading. You know, in in 1 Timothy 3.1, it says, here's a saying you can trust. If anyone wants to be a leader in the church, they want to do a good work for God and for people. That's true. You know, here's a scripture here in Isaiah that just kind of sums up the spirit uh, or just the attitude of wanting to lead and just and and willing to step out. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, this is a scripture some of us disciples use amongst ourselves. We say it to ourselves. It it says, then I heard the Lord's Lord's voice. This is um, Isaiah speaking. He said, then I heard the Lord's voice saying, who can I send? Who will go for us? And And then Isaiah says, Isaiah says this, here I am, Lord, send me. With an exclamation point. That just kind of captures the attitude, you know, of willing to, 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 to step out and be, be first and to lead. That's the, that's the right attitude right there. Nothing says I'm all in more than someone who is willing to lead. I'm going to talk briefly about uh, a Nehemiah here. And I can't really go into a lot of the scripture because I don't have time. Uh, the talk, clock is ticking on me. Um, so I'm going I'm to summarize a lot here. But, you know, the story of Nehemiah is a story of a, just a regular person like you and I who was moved with a passion and a burden and who chose to lead a mission to rebuild the walls all around Jerusalem. So the situation is that the walls all around Jerusalem had been crumbled. And Nehemiah was a Jew in exile in Persia, serving, the, uh, serving as a king's cupbearer. Um, and in, you know, in Nehemiah chapter 1, we see he gets a bad report about the condition of Israel. The walls, like I said, are a pile of rubble. The gates are burned down. The wooden gates are burned down. The people are ashamed. The people are in disarray. And so he's sad about this. So, uh, you know, we see that he, he, he begins to mourn. He fasted. He prayed. And ultimately, he decided to do something about it. This is the moment 
he decided to do something and take charge, take lead. Israel was in shambles. The walls are torn down. He mourned, he weeped, but he decided to do something. He decided to take lead. And, and we see that along the way, you know, he seeks God, he seeks God's favor, and he begins to see the hand of God move on his behalf just by stepping out. Just think about that. Just by stepping out, choosing to do something, God begins to move on his behalf and begins to move things out of the way for him. But who was Nehemiah? You know, when I read the story of Nehemiah, there's something I realized about his story. And this is very important to understand. He was, first of all, he was, like I said, an exiled Jew in Persia. He was actually born in exile. He, had, he was not born in Israel or Jerusalem. He was just a cupbearer. Although the cupbearer did have some prestige, it was a prestigious position, he was a cupbearer in Persia to the king. He didn't, the thing about a, a Nehemiah is he didn't have a vision from God. Not like Ezekiel, he had all these grand, these crazy visions. If you ever read the, the, the story of Ezekiel, he had all these great visions from God. He didn't have any of that. He wasn't called by God like Moses or Jonah was. He wasn't called by God. He didn't hear God's audible voice like Moses from the, from the burning bush. He never heard that. A prophet never prophesied over Nehemiah. No, no, no one ever prophesied over Nehemiah and say, do this, or one day you would do this, like King David. He didn't have dreams like Joseph. He didn't have a dream that told him one day you would go do this. Neither God nor man told him to do this. You never see God or a man tell him to go do this. There was no great miracles in his story. You read his entire story. There was no great miracles like, a, you know, fire from heaven or, you know, lightning or, or, or a, a, you know, parting of a sea. Nothing like that. In fact, when you read the story, you actually never hear God speak once in his entire story. He goes through the entire journey without hearing God's voice once. I'm not saying, you know, like hearing in, in spirit. You don't hear God's audible voice. This is important because, because Nehemiah was just a normal person like you and I. He had a position. And he chose to lead a mission to rebuild the walls against great opposition. In Nehemiah chapter 2, we see that there was a guy named Sambalat. He came against it with heavy opposition against Nehemiah to stop him from doing this. But Nehemiah was all in on this. He was all in on God. Like I said, even though he didn't have any of those other things some of the other prophets had, he was all in. And against all opposition, he was all in. He was all in on this. So in short, Nehemiah gathered his people together. He equipped them. He led them. They successfully rebuilt the walls. And after that, Nehemiah ensured that the people would read God's laws again, and they did, and they had a little mini revival. This brought about a, a revival in Jerusalem, in Israel. Now, that's not bad for a guy who only about two months ago was just an exiled cupbearer. Think about that. He decided to take lead and do something. That's amazing. And I see a lot of people in this room who have that potential. I see a lot of people in that room if you're just willing to step out and take lead, you can do some amazing things. You can bring about revival. You don't even know it. Nothing, like I said, nothing says you're all in more than when you're willing to lead the charge. Lead. And if there's one thing I want you to do today, take away from this is you need to lead. <clears throat> 
So what am I saying? That you need to do something as dramatic as Nehemiah? Something as epic as that? Well, the good news is, no, you don't. I don't expect you to go build some grand wall and lead a massive building project. Okay? Um, you can start by leading in simple ways. You can start by leading in simple ways that eventually turn into bigger ways. Okay? And I'll say it again. If you're a disciple in this church and you are all in, one of your goals should be leadership, to lead and to take lead. Take lead. Say that with me. Take lead. Be first. Not remaining in the shadows, not being low key. Because it's obvious when you remain in the shadows and you're low key, you're not all in. You're hiding. You're holding back. So if you're a disciple in this church, how do you go all in? How do you start to lead? Well, go ahead and throw that, that, that last slide up for me. Any day now. <laughs> Any day now. My time is expiring. Tell me you're all in without telling me you're all in. Lead in these things. Lead in giving. Lead in punctuality. Lead in availability. Be available and lead. Don't just do it. Lead in it. Lead in reliability. Lead in going the extra mile. Lead in taking the initiative. Don't just stand around with your hands in your pocket waiting to be told what to do. Lead in taking the initiative. Lead in faithfulness. Lead in dependability. Lead in serving. Lead in prayer. Don't just do those things. These are the little things you can do. You lead in them. People will see you and they will follow you. And you'll lead them. You can lead in simple ways. Leave that up. Take a picture of that. <clears throat> I'm going to repeat myself one more time. Nothing says I'm all in more than taking lead. You know what? You need to stir up the spirit in you. Take lead in that. Saying, I'm going to take lead in that. Lead in bringing the fire. Lead in bringing the fire here. Don't go chase it in another church. There are people that are chasing the fire. Come on. Bring it and lead in it. Bring it and lead in it. Don't go chase it looking for it. Lead in bringing it. If this church is going to continue to grow, people are going to have to lead the newcomers. Now, what did, what, did, what did Paul say? He said, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. In Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 11, 1 and 2. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Listen, as new people come, they're going to imitate you, but you need to be leading in these things. As they imitate you, it carries on. Hallelujah. Praise God. There was more I wanted to get to, but I cannot. So, praise God. Thank you, church, for that. Uh, I think Renee did an amazing job with that. Uh, I do want to stay on theme with All In. And if you have a message or if you have a title for this message, it's going to be All In While God is in Control. Before I get into my message, I do want to pray if you could just join me. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you. 
for being in this place, Lord, that your Holy Spirit dwells here, Lord God. I pray, Father, that we would know of your mercifulness. We would know of your faithfulness. I pray, Father God, that, Lord, you would speak through me, Lord God, that you would get all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, and, and as I was putting together this message, I began to think of the last time I was all in, you know, regardless of, um, or the last time, excluding the last time I was all in for God. And it led me to this time where me and my friends had planned this trip to go in a, to an amusement park. And it really caused me to kind of go out in faith. And, um, you know, we were thrill seekers at that time. I was a lot younger than I am now. Um, and this um, roller coaster had gone 82 miles per hour in 2.3 seconds and us being the thrill seekers that we are we you know head to this which the grand opening we want to be the first ones in line and I'm in line and I'm starting to get kind of cold feet I'm like oh I don't why did I sign up for this and sure enough we we get to I, I muster up the strength to get in to the roller coaster and you know what doesn't help my anxiety is it's not even one of the ones that you put over your chest it's just this seatbelt that goes over your lap and I'm like this does not help um, and at that moment I began to realize that hey I am not at all in control of this situation that hey there's no button where I could stop the ride if I get scared or there's no button where I could slow it down if it's going too fast and I began to kind of correlate that with my walk with Christ that hey regardless of how I will um, I will kind of set up this itinerary of how my life should be in five years or 10 years. God is going to be in control. That, hey, we serve a God that is in, in control of even the smallest details in our life. That, hey, th those things that we think, hey, that's, that's kind of small, it's inconsiderate. Hey, God takes notice of those things. That God is in control. In, in fact, Proverbs reminds us of this. In Proverbs 19.21, it says, Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts human plan their course, but the Lord establishes their strength. That, hey, when we've go gone all in, when we've made a de dedication to the Lord, that, hey, we can say, hey, Lord, at 30, I want to be here. At 35, I want to be a manager at my job. That, hey, the Lord is going to establish your steps. That, hey, we will have to be willing to let God control what's going to happen in our life. And, and why is that? Why should we let the Lord control our life? Because he knows best. In fact, it leads me to my first point that God knows best. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I think this is a reminder that for so many of us that came to know the Lord, came to, hey, Lord, I'm done playing games. I'm, I'm finally going to get right with you, Lord. We think that, hey, once we finally get it all right with Christ, that, hey, those temptations aren't going aren't gonna to affect me anymore. That, hey, those things that used to kind of have me fall uh, back into the world, that, hey, that's not going to bother me anymore. As Christians, we know that, hey, those temptations Hey, they don't bug us the way that it used to. Hey, those things that would cause me to fall be before don't cause me to fall anymore. But at the same time, we know that they're still there. They don't disappear. I remember coming into this house and I, I, the first time that I had came, I said, Hey, Lord, I, I'm, I'm willing to give you everything. And as I came here and gave my life to the Lord at this altar, I began to kind of put this false expectation on God that, hey, God, I've, I've heard the stories. I know you're good. Uh, so all of a sudden, these good things are going to happen. In fact, I remember more specifically my wife, who was not my wife at the time. I began to kind of give myself to the Lord. And I said, hey, Lord, I know you're good. So 
now my wife is going to realize that she's supposed to be Miss Garcia. All of a sudden, she's going to realize that she's supposed to be with me. And if you know my story, you know that that's not the case. It took five years, five very long years, until she finally after giving my life to the Lord, give me a chance to go on a date. A year after that, we're married. But I think if we're not careful, we begin to put these false expectations on God. That, hey, Lord, I'm, I'm 30 already, and you haven't done this for me. That, hey, Lord, I'm 35, and I'm still working the same dead-end job. And we don't realize that, hey, is God not in control of the same time when you're in the valley? That, hey, when you're at the peak of your life, that, hey, God, good things are happening for you. Hey, is, it, is that not the same God where you're at your lowest point? Do we not serve the same God? That, hey, we need to learn to put our securities. We need to learn to put our strengths in the Lord. That leads me to that. My second point is that our securities and our strengths should be in the Lord. Solemn 73, 26 says, my, fl- my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and portion forever. You know, back in the day, I know a lot of us maybe were not raised in church. Maybe we didn't uh, come to know the Lord at a young age that came later. But there were times in our lives where we used to find security and strength into things that were not God. It might have been drugs. It might have been alcohol. It might have been a toxic relationship. But nowadays, we have to learn that we find security and strength in the Lord. That, hey, back in the day, it might have been drugs where you found your security. You thought, hey, you know, once I get that high, nothing else can be against me. That, hey, you know, once I'm with my friends and, you know, they pack that six-pack out, hey, nothing else, uh, nothing else could go wrong in my life. And I'm telling you right now, you guys are looking for a relationship. You guys are looking for fulfillment in your life. And you're only going to find that through Christ. That, hey, if you're in this place and you're looking for purpose, you're looking for something that will fulfill you the way that you want to be fulfilled, no one fills your cup better than Jesus. No one will fulfill your life better. In fact, I've had friends in my life who have begun to put their securities, begin to kind of put their identity into these things that we may not think is bad. I had a friend the other day had told me that he had invested all his money into this certain stock he had put all his finances into um, these properties, and he had let me know that, hey, they've done really well. I, I won't tell you exactly how much he made, but after he let me know, I, I told him that, hey, man, that's almost enough for you to retire. And he told me, hey, that's not enough. And I thought, man, how much is not going to be enough? How much is it going to take for us to keep searching this world for something that's going to fulfill us when we could go to the source, we can go to Jesus to find that one thing that's going to fulfill us? That, hey, we're looking in fulfillment in relationship after relationship and relationship, and there's only one relationship that you're going to find that fulfillment where you're going to find that purpose, and it's in Jesus. I get on to my last point, and I say that he goes before us. You know, I kind of use that roller coaster illustration kind of, and I know it's a funny story, but I say this to say that he goes before you. You know, as I was putting together this message, I had remembered that I was one of the first ones to ride this ride, and I thought, you know, obviously it was open to the public, and, you know, I was one of the first ones to ride it, but somebody had to make sure that it was safe for me. Somebody had to make sure that, you know, everything worked properly. Everything was going to work the way that they had designed it. And most of the time I had figured out that the ones who ride this ride first are the ones who built it. That, hey, the ones that built this ride have to be so confident in what they built 
that, hey, they're going to be the first ones to write it. And I say it to say this, that Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. We, we said that before that, hey, so many of us go into a situation. We think, hey, God, I, I don't know if you're going to be with me at this time. That, hey, some of us are in this room and we're hesitant about going all in. And this scripture reminds us that he goes before us. The scripture reminds us that, hey, you're worried about the battle. You're worried about the war that's going to come. And he reminds us that he goes before you. It's like that song defender, right? He goes before I even know that he's gone to win my war. That, hey, there's times in my life where I'm thinking, Lord, you know, hey, I'm waiting for this. You know, I'm waiting for that pink slip to come. I'm waiting for that time where I'm going to be let go. And the Lord says, hey, why do you strut? Did, did you not read this scripture, Deuteronomy? It says, I go before you. You're worried about a battle that the Lord has already had victory in. You're, you're worried about a time where God has already won this victory for you. So church, I, I leave you with this. A lot of us are hesitant about going all in for Christ. You're saying, hey, well, what's next? How do I know that this is safe? And just like those engineers we serve a God who went all in. In fact, he went so all in that it cost him his life. It cost him a life that he shed his blood for you and me. He shed it for the sins of you and I. And right now you're hesitant about going all in for Christ. And we know that he's gone before us. We know that he's in the battle that we're all delaying. So church, can we make a commitment that, hey, Lord, I will give you my all because you went before me. Amen. Amen. Good evening. Um, I just want to get into my message. I'm just going to go ahead and start. I'm also in the same um, topic of All In. And uh, Pastor Omar has been starting his sermon series with All In, and he's been opening up with the analogy of Texas Hold'em. When you have the right cards, you think you have the best hand, you push all your chips in and you go all in. Uh, but tonight, I do want to go over something different um, and, a, and bring up a different analogy. In, uh, in the NFL, the 2022 season is finally over. Uh, and now what do we hear and what do we see? What, what, what's going on with every team? We're seeing a lot of uh, players being traded. Uh, we see some players being cut, uh, some being released. Uh, we see uh, re-signings of, of, of new players and restructuring of contracts. But one thing I really want to focus on today is the term of franchise tagging. Um, now, this is a very interesting, interesting because an NFL team is basically saying to that player, you know, we like you for this position. We think you fit in our organization. It demonstrates that we do see value in you. But at this time right now, we don't want to pay you that big contract. We don't want to go all in right now. And, and, and that, that just um, reminds me um, of, of what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens. Where's Pastor Rob at? <laughs> So all on the news, you hear about the Baltimore Ravens. They didn't go all in on their quarterback. So who knows, Pastor Omar, if uh, the Baltimore Ravens will have a quarterback next season. <laughs> I know the Steelers would like that. But I really, really, really want to focus on that term, franchise tag. And, and what it basically is saying is saying we're not ready for a long-term commitment with you. You see, we're, we're going to check it out one more season. We're going to wait till the next season to see if we're going to go ahead and go all in. You know, we like you. 
We like everything about you, but we, we just don't want to pay you the big money yet. We don't want to go all in, and we think maybe next season we might be able to go, uh, go through that. So I, I wanted to talk to you on, on how we serve God. Do we serve God um, in different seasons? Do we have to wait for the next season to finally go all in? Are we waiting for the best scenario? Are we waiting for the perfect time to say, okay, God, everything looks great. My marriage is good. My kids are good. Now I'm going to go ahead and serve you. Are you waiting for the right season to go all in? And, and, and maybe you're, you're, you're one of those that struggle and go through hard times. And you run to God and you say, God, I need another miracle. God, I need you to come through for me. In Psalms 34, 17, it says this. When the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers, delivers them out of their troubles. You see, God will rescue you, but when he rescues you and redeems you, and then you, you're a little bit better in life, now you decide to go back to the old world or to your old ways. I see time and time again, people come in, they get blessed, they get touched, they get healed, they get delivered, and then two months later, they're gone back to their old ways. And Pastor Omar talks about going from seasons and being in a cycle. You see, if you're not ready to go all in, and you only come when you're going through a hard time, and you serve God, and he touches you, and then you leave, you're going to stay stuck in that cycle for a very, very long time, and you're not going to get through that season. So we need to be people that trust in the Lord and go all in. Listen, the Bible is very clear. In Matthew 6, 24, it says this, no one can serve two masters, for you either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. And, and this is what I love so much about Reach Church. We have a people that know their calling of God. That, you know, the past three months, we've been going over our core values. We've been talking about going all in. You know, we don't serve God here half-heartedly or casually. We're not casual Christians, but we are fully committed to serving God. And this is the outcome of it. It's been raining for the past two days, and we got a packed house here because there's people that are hungry for God. Because they know the value of their life and what God can do for them. And they come, whether rain or shine, but they're all in. And that's great to see. So there's also... People that, that come and serve God during seasons. Maybe you're Christian right now and you're serving the Lord. And, and, and it's good to worship like um, uh, one of the brothers just shared right now, Fabian. He talked about it, it's easy to serve God when you're on the mountaintop. It's easy to serve the Lord when everything's going right for you. You got money in your bank. You know, uh, the bills are all paid. Your kids are, are going to school. Everything's good. And, and it's easy to worship and it's easy to serve and it's easy to give. But when things get tough and it's a dry season and things aren't going well, are you still going to be here committed? Are you still going to be serving God? Are you still going to be all in? Are you still going to be raising your hands when you go through a dark storm? When someone may pass away in your family, are you going to, are you going to continue to trust in the Lord? Are you going to continue to ask God to, to heal you and restore you and just help you get through this season? Are you going to give up? Or are you going to throw in the towel? Are you going to say, I can't do this no more? You know, I've been serving the Lord and right now I'm in a tough season, so I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to throw in the towel. You see, we got we to gotta understand in James 1, 2 through 4, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when we... Uh, meet trials of very, various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lack, lacking nothing. So when we go through certain trials, know that God is testing you, and he's molding you and shaping you, because we're always going to go through a storm. There's always going to be another obstacle. There's always going to be things that we're going to be going through, but he's looking for people that are going to be committed, that are, are, that, that are going to go all in. Like Renee said, he's looking for people to say, I'll be that leader. I'll be that one to go in. No matter what the circumstance is, I'm going to go all in. And 1 Timothy 6, 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of uh, eternal life to which you were called and about what you were made, um, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You see, there is an eternal reward for serving God. 
you get a reward in heaven. James 1.12 says this, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. You see, Pastor Omar a few weeks ago talked about going all in on commitment. You see, we live by our commitments, he said, not by our emotions. No matter the season, we need to have an attitude of being all in, no matter what the, the trial is that we face. Pastor Omar also talked about um, commitments will define your life. It's the sum total of who you are. It's a huge responsibility. And I love the scripture he used in 2 Chronicles 16.9. He said this, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to them or to him. You see, God is looking for people that are fully committed, that are ready to go all in, that are, that are not trying to do a franchise tag on, on, on the Lord, that, that are willing just to lay it all down and say, you know what, I'm going to trust in you, Lord. I'm going to go all in. I'm not going to wait for the right season. I'm not going to wait till it gets better. I'm just going to raise my hand and say yes. It's going to take commitment. Uh, Pastor Omar said this, it's going to take commitment to make a difference in this world. And I want to be one of those people that made that commitment to help change this world one life at a time. And, 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 and this is what I wanted to share here, the growth that is happening here. And, and, and Renee talked about getting encouraged to getting involved in the ministry, getting encouraged to being used here at this church. We had ministry signups last week, and there was one thing that really caught my attention. Uh, one of the ministries that, that you can sign up for is if you wanted to open up your house for Connect Group. And I want to encourage you, if you're a married couple here and you've been coming for a while, I want to encourage you to open up your home. God's going to bless it. You know, there's no perfect time to have a connect group. There's no perfect time till you get your house. God wants to use you now. And, and I'm blessed and blown away by, by Eddie Vargas and Dez. They got married recently. They said yes. They said, you know what? We're going to open up a connect group. And their connect group is on fire. I remember when... I remember when Jason and Marla, when they got married and they said, we're ready to open up a connect group. These two connect groups, they have at least 20 people on a normal day average going every Friday, worshiping the God, praising the Lord, uh, on fire for God, on fire for souls. And that's who, who we're called to be. Listen, I want to encourage you guys. It, it may not be uh, a connect group that, that, that you want to open, but there's, there's a place for you here. God has a purpose and plan for your life. He, there's a destiny on your life. There is value in your life, and God wants to use you for that destiny. But all you got to do is you got to be committed, and you got to say yes. You got to be willing to answer the call. You got to be willing to open up your home. You got to be willing to open up your time. And, and I remember Pastor Omar, one time he, he, he said this. He says, I don't need more volunteers. Volunteers are people that come on their own time. He says, I'm looking for more people that are committed. Well, I don't have, they don't have to check their calendar. They don't have to check their schedule to see what's going on, what TV show is on, if they're going to go to the movies. They're going to be here on Saturday morning prayers. They're going to be at Connect Group on Fridays. They're going to be here on Wednesdays, both services on Sundays. Those are people that are committed to the Lord. And that's why we're growing so much because there's a, 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 a people here that are on fire for God. A people here that want to be a part of the move that's happening here in Paramount. And it's going to continue to grow as long as you stay committed. Psalms 3, 5, uh, 37, 5 says this. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. Um, Right-handedly, the word of truth. You see, I want to encourage you guys that when we are committed to the Lord, he's going to bless everything that, that we touch. He's going he's to open up doors for us. He's going to give us favors. And yes, there's going to be times of seasons that we have to get through. But you can't go wrong on serving God. 
There is nothing better in this world uh, than serving the Lord. Service is the best thing that you, can do, that you can do in your life. Learn to lay down your life because Jesus laid it down for you. So I want to ask you today, what season are you in today? You may be in a storm, but I want to encourage you to trust in God. He will come through for you. Don't run away from it. Don't be like Jonah and run from the calling of God on your life. See, Pastor Omar has a book called The Disciples Calling. And in that book, it talks about uh, the destiny that God has a plan for you on, on your life. But what happened with Jonah is he tried to run from that calling. He knew he was called, but he was running from his calling. And, and I want to share with you, the longer you keep running, the longer you're going to stay in that storm. The storm didn't change until Jonah finally said, you know what? I'm going to follow you now, Lord. I'm going to listen. And then everything started getting better for Jonah. And I want to encourage you, stop running. Stop running from God. Stop running from that call. Stop running from the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart. Get involved. Answer the call. Go to a connect group leader. Say, hey, I want to help wherever I can. You know, um, uh, talk to Enrique if you want to join a connect group. Or, I'm sorry, join, join the usher team. You know, there's, there's, there's a, a need for some people. And that's why we had ministry signups last week. And I still know that there's still room for more signups. Right, Renee? But I just want to let you know, no matter the storm you're in, whether you're serving God in a near storm, or maybe you came as a visitor, I want to let you know, God can help you and he can calm the storm. God is waiting for you. He's a gentleman. He's waiting for you to cry out to him and he's going to answer you. It says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for our sake he made, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And I'm going to go ahead and close and can I have Renee and, and Fabian come up? Um, and I just uh, want to use them for prayer. They're going to be up here to pray. But I believe every single message that was spoken here touched somebody's life. Every single message about leadership, about just trusting the Lord, and about serving here. I believe God is tugging on your guys' hearts to get involved in what's happening here at Reach Church. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.